This is the Ardella Training Podcast, the leader in innovative strength training for today's fitness enthusiast, coach, trainer, and athlete. The weekly podcast brings you all things strength and performance without the BS so you can train stronger, smarter, and safer, helping you get results. Join the revolution now and become part of the community at ArdellaTraining.com. Ardella Training is dedicated to forging athletic bodies around the world. Here's your host, strength and conditioning specialist and former physical therapist, Scott Ardella. If you're looking for a high-quality kettlebell, I've got a great recommendation for you. My preferred kettlebell brand, due to the exceptional quality and outstanding price, is the Rogue Kettlebell, which I personally use. I recommend this brand if you're looking to add kettlebells to your collection or get started with your kettlebell training experience. The shape, the feel, the quality is excellent, and I highly recommend it. To see the exact kettlebell I use, go to ardellotraining.com slash kettlebell. You won't find a high-quality kettlebell for this price anywhere else, so check it out. Again, that's ardellotraining.com slash kettlebell. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me for episode number 93 of the Ardello Training Podcast. This session is uh, basically me. I'm going to talk about uh, my backstory. I'll explain about that in just a minute. And uh, I'm doing this session in between interviews. I've got some great interviews coming your way, some really exciting cutting-edge topics and guests that are coming up. I hope you enjoyed last week's show with Iron Tamer Dave Whitley. Uh, if you haven't heard that, I definitely recommend uh, checking that one out. And um, I'm really excited about things that are coming here on the uh, podcast. And what's amazing is we are actually coming up on the 100th episode, which is pretty amazing as well. So I'm planning for that. I'm getting ready for that. That is uh, just around the corner. So in this session, I get a lot of questions about uh, back training, uh, back issues, people wanting to know if kettlebell training is safe for them. As a matter of fact, I had a recent e- email from uh, JJ and he had some questions around his back uh, situation and wanted to know about kettlebells as he was uh, researching kettlebells. So I'm going to give you my perspective on this and share my backstory. I'll tell you how a devastating injury literally transformed my life in so many ways. And what's important to know is that today, my back is stronger and healthier than it's ever been. Now, I think that anytime you have a major injury, you're never 100%. So I wouldn't say my back is 100%, but it's about 99.5%. It's really, really good, uh, really strong, really healthy, doesn't give me any problems at all. And uh, this personal experience that I'm going to share with you really helped to shape me and uh, me as a coach, me as a physical therapist, me as a athlete, uh, and trainer myself. And it's really helped me in my obsession to maximize performance and minimize the risk for injury. That's why I'm so into the technical and biomechanical aspects of performance training. And I hate to see, you know, videos, whether it's a YouTube video or whatever, or a workshop I'm attending or anything where, uh, bad, mechanics are used and uh, faulty techniques. And, you know, we see that a lot on the internet. You know, we see max deadlifts and 
people are lifting really heavy weight and their back is rounded over really, really bad. And it's, again, just going back to basic biomechanical principles. And that's what I'm going to share with you here today. So my number one goal is always going to be safe training. If you look at my programs, for example, the shock and all protocol, uh, the new kettlebell domination program, you know, these are hard programs. But I always preach safety is the most important thing. And I, I really, really mean that because if we get hurt, if we train sloppy, uh, there is no more training. That's it. So while I'm a believer in training hard, uh, especially if you're doing a program, uh, that doesn't mean sacrificing quality for quantity. So quality is the most important thing. And I'm all about strength as our foundation but I'm also about peak performance and preventing injuries. So let me tell you about my major injury. Uh, again, a devastating back injury uh, that I had as a young man. So in 1987, a few months after my first bodybuilding competition, I basically went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows in the matter of a couple months. So this was a couple months after my first bodybuilding show. And I was in the gym. I had put on some weight after the, the bodybuilding show, as you typically do after competing. I, mean, I was training really, really, really hard. And I had a specific mechanism of injury. It wasn't anything that was gradual. I mean, it was definitely one incident that happened, and I actually did something that made it worse. So I remember that day. I was in the gym. I was doing barbell shrugs, and I was lifting the weight up off of the floor. All right. So I was not in a squat rack. I wasn't lifting from a higher position. I was doing shrugs by lifting the heavy weight up off of the floor. I had 365 pounds on the bar. And I remember this very vividly, kind of like a slow motion replay in my head. And I remember picking up the weight, doing the shrugs. I knew nothing at that time about the mechanics of a deadlift. So I felt a pop in my back. I thought it was maybe a muscle strain or I had no idea. I didn't know what a disc injury was. Uh, that's how clueless I was at that time. And, uh, again, I felt something in my back, a pop and, uh, it was okay. You know, I kept training. I, I finished out the session, but you know, my back started bothering me a lot later that day. Now the big mistake I made, and again, this is being young and not really knowing what was going on, but I kept training and this is kind of the training mentality. You know, you're training really hard. You know, nothing was going to keep me out of the gym. Nothing was going to stop me from training. And what I did is I kept training. And the next day I was in there or maybe, maybe a couple days later, I don't know, two days later, whatever. I was doing back squats, heavy back squats after a back injury. Again, thinking that this was just a muscle strain or nothing serious, and this is probably what really did me in. So soon after that, my training was over. That was it. Uh, I had severe, severe back pain, um, pain that was radiating into my leg. Uh, again, very soon after that, within a couple of weeks, I was in the doctor's office. I think it was probably within a week. I was in the doctor's office. I had a quick attempt at a conservative physical therapy uh, regimen. Uh, which did not work. My pain was um, persistent and it didn't get better with anything. I ended up having a severe L4-5 disc herniation with severe right leg radiculopathy. Again, this is the constant radiating pain down my right leg. 
that was not alleviated by any position change whatsoever. So think about that, all right? I couldn't get comfortable. I had constant pain. So I was incapacitated. I mean, as a young man, I literally went from being muscled up as a bodybuilder to losing a lot of weight to not being able to walk, not being able to function, uh, not being able to sleep because the pain was constant and persistent. And it was really some of the worst pain I've ever gone through in my life. So I had this injury, this really bad situation in May, and I ended up having surgery in July. Very quick. Now, two things there. Again, I had a specific mechanism of injury when I did the shrugs, picking up the bar off the floor. I felt that pop. And what I essentially tried to do was to ignore the pain and continue to work out. Big, big mistake. And I want to give you kind of the takeaway points here at the end. Now, I'll tell you that my rehab was a really long road back. It took several months. And the great thing was that after my surgery, a lot of the pain was significantly reduced. I could sleep again. Uh, I was starting to walk around again and function after being on my back for two months. And keep in mind how devastating this would be for a young man, uh, especially a guy that just was coming off a, a bodybuilding show and really excited. And, you know, I did well in that show. I placed third in that competition out of about, uh, I think it was about 13 contestants in that show. Really excited and, and really into bodybuilding at that time. But my rehab was a long road back. The keys for me were that I followed the doctor's orders diligently. I did things that he said I could do, and I didn't do things that I wasn't supposed to do. I did my therapy, my home exercise program diligently. I did a lot of nerve stretches, mobility exercises, trunk stabilization, and basic movements. I did things that did not aggravate the symptoms, but actually made me feel better. And then over time, I returned to training very slowly. And I've always been in tune, very in tune, I should say, with my body ever since that experience. So the good that came out of this, this whole experience, the devastating pain and all the, uh, the, the low point that I went to. Remember, the high point for me was competing in bodybuilding and doing very well in the competition and then really wanting to continue down the road to compete in bodybuilding and then having this major injury where I lost all of my muscle mass, <laughs> became totally uh, non-functional. It was really, really hard. It was really one of the worst time periods of my life, but a lot of good came from it and really transformed my life in a lot of ways. I ended up coming back to compete again successfully. Uh, this was two years after the injury, and then I competed again for the next few years after that. So that was really my big goal. I remember being on my back that summer and thinking, you know, I'm going to come back from this. I'm going to come back and I'm going to compete again. You know, there's no question about it. And, and I did that. So it was really uh, a great achievement for me and a great step forward. But again, it really impacted the safe uh, training approach that I have. And even after all these years, uh, it's something that I never forget. And I always remember that, that horrible experience I went through so many years ago. And I still always think about that, how important it is to really focus in on biomechanics and safety and avoiding injuries and, and moving well and, and working on stabilization and mobility and a lot of the things that I do in my approach today. I ultimately ended up becoming a physical therapist out of that terrible experience. 
and I had um, physical therapy after my surgery. I had it prior to, but it really was very ineffective. I had it for a very short time, but I had more therapy after my back surgery. Being a PT was one of the greatest learning experiences in my life. And it would take me a long time to explain the the domino effect of becoming a PT and how that changed my life. But I'll just kind of speed things up and tell you that being a physical therapist, uh, going through that education and working as a therapist, I'm I'm not a clinician at this point, um, but the, the things that I learned helped me to use in my own training and then certainly the clients that I do work with. And again, it all goes back to biomechanics and understanding the anatomy and the movement and uh, the importance of structures and positioning in our body that has completely changed the way that I look at uh, things and training in in my own life uh, to this day. So becoming a physical therapist uh, really changed my life and going through that whole experience uh, had just a major, major domino effect into this perpetual uh, learning cycle that I'm in to this day. I'm still constantly always the learner and learning about our bodies and how our bodies move and work and perform. And that covers everything from movement to strength training to uh, performance training to optimizing nutrition. I mean, everything. There's still so much that we need to learn and understand about our bodies to maximize health fitness and performance. So looking back at this now, it's really that major experience, that uh, devastating injury that reshaped my philosophy as a strength and performance coach. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the lessons here. A couple of key lessons that I came up with through this experience. And first of all, I should say that if you have any type of injury, if you have a back injury, shoulder injury, or whatever, you always have to get medical attention for that. If you think it's anything significant, if you have a pain that's not resolving, you need to seek the appropriate uh, healthcare provider that can help you find the underlying cause of what is going on. So never try to work through uh, an injury, especially a bad injury, because it's only going to make things worse. So let's talk about some of these lessons then. The first one is you have to listen to your body, right? And so I'm reading a great book right now and something I just read out of this book last night that really supports what I'm trying to say here. And that is if something hurts, don't go there. If it doesn't hurt, go there often. So if we have something that is causing us pain and we continue to do it, it's only going to make things worse. So going back to my example of squatting a few days after injuring my back, should I have done that? I'm pretty sure that I had pain when I was doing that. I shouldn't have went there. All right. Maybe the first set, you know, I loaded the bar on my back and I, if I would have had good sense at that time, I would have felt the pain and I would put the bar right back down and that would have been it. And I would have maybe moved on and tried some other different things. See, I would approach that situation completely different today than I would have back then. So if something hurts, we need to avoid pain and find the things that don't increase the pain. It's very simple. And that really starts with Uh, training smarter, training safer, and uh, and listening to our bodies. That's a key lesson here. The other key lesson is don't keep training through injury. Again, as I mentioned, this is just going to make things worse. So find what you can do without increasing the pain. And this is just good common sense. But I think sometimes it's really hard 
to, to do that, especially if we want to continue to train. I know a lot of us are, you know, hardcore fitness enthusiasts. We want to keep working out. We don't want to stop. You know, it's like a runner. If, uh, your foot hurts and you go to a doctor and the doctor tells you don't run, you don't want to stop running. It's just like, it's the same thing here. We don't want to stop working out. We want to continue to work out. So we need to do the things that we can do that don't increase the pain. It's very, very simple. So don't keep training through injury. Number three is I'm not saying not to do anything at all if you are hurt. There, supporting what I just said, there is always something you can do from a rehab or movement standpoint. Pain-free movement is the key. Movement is the key. Inactivity and just laying around and being immobilized actually does more harm than good. Now, this may depend on exactly what's going on, but you do want to keep moving. You want to keep moving pain-free. Find what you can do that does not make the situation worse. Now, after surgery, I did some, you know, there were some things that worked really well for me. So I always go back to like a simple hip bridge exercise. That's basically laying down flat on your back and raising your hips up so that your body comes, forms a straight line from your shoulders to your knees. This has always been a really high value exercise for me for trunk strength, for glute activation, and for basic stabilization. Um, It's a great exercise. I use it a lot actually in teaching the kettlebell swing. It's a great drill to activate the explosive hip drive in the swing. So that's just one example of an exercise that I would always do. And if my back ever gives me problems, I typically will go back to that exercise and it typically works really well for me. So find the handful of things that work really well for you, kind of your go-to exercises. Um, And if you're dealing with any kind of injury, there should be a few of those things that you can do that don't cause an increase in pain. So those are kind of three key lessons there. So you have to listen to your body, don't keep training through injury, and then keep moving but just make sure that it's pain-free movement. Now let's talk about kettlebells and back injuries. So my personal experience and belief is that kettlebells are one of the very best tools for preventing spine injuries because of the strength endurance benefits, the postural benefits, and the general strength and conditioning benefits of the swing. It's It's a really, really powerful exercise for strengthening all of the spinal uh, musculature. And the kettlebell swing, I think, forges a back of steel, a really strong athletic back when done with proper form. Now, this is the most important consideration is getting qualified instruction. So if you're dealing with any type of back injury and you want to learn kettlebells, you have to get a qualified instructor. You have to learn how to do an effective hip hinge pattern. It's the hip hinge with a, quote, neutral spine. And I know a lot of people don't like this word neutral spine, but, um, you really do have to be, you don't what I'm trying to say is that you don't want to be in a unorganized or a faulty spinal position. Uh, there should be no pain and no stress on the back with a hip hinge pattern as done with the kettlebell swing. Now, certainly there is a compressive force and shearing force that's going on in the spine, as with any loaded exercise, but the kettlebell swing is an is a efficient and safe movement pattern that is very effective for building back strength and health. 
And I would also put in there the Turkish getup and the goblet squat. Again, the three most fundamental kettlebell exercises. All of those are outstanding for trunk and back strength and health. There's a small number of people who would probably have some issues with a kettlebell swing. And this was discussed in the research of Dr. Stuart McGill. He has a research study out there. And uh, there's a small number of patients in that study, basically patients that had some spinal instability. They had a condition called spondylolisthesis. And that's basically instability in the spine. And, and basically what Dr. McGill found out is that those patients did have uh, some discomfort when doing a kettlebell swing. But the majority of people should have no problems whatsoever if they are doing a properly executed Russian-style kettlebell swing. And that is swinging the kettlebell to approximately shoulder height. So spine position is so important in all the exercises. Let's talk about this. Again, going back to what I mentioned earlier about a lot of uh, YouTube videos and things like that. A lot of things that I see are a flexed position, a hunched over position, and they're not in a neutral or slightly extended position. When we flex over, uh, this is what's going to cause the great stress on the discs and especially on the lumbar spine. Now, I can tell you almost with 100% certainty that when I was deadlifting that weight up off of the floor, when I felt that pop in my back, that I was in a flexed position. No question about it. I wasn't focusing on dialing in and, and, you know, getting tight and stable and in proper alignment and position before picking up that weight up off of the floor. Therefore, I really had no business in picking up that weight off of the floor and doing a shrug with it. So it's my own fault and a huge, massive lesson learned from that. So spine position is really, really important. Whether you're doing a kettlebell swing, whether you're doing body weight exercises, whether you're doing certainly barbell exercises where you're really loading up the bar, the spine position is really, really critical. And you really want to think about maintaining that position as best you can. And what I'm talking about, again, is avoiding the excessive flexion or uh, bent forward position that really loads the discs in a unsafe position. So injury prevention, optimal position, you know, this is the key to long-term training success. And there's no guarantee that none of us are going to get hurt. Listen, I like to train heavy, but I really focus in on the biomechanics and the principles uh, of understanding movement and being in a good, safe stable position. So there's no guarantee that I'm never going to get hurt, but we can certainly train smarter and safer by understanding the biomechanical principles and always refining our technique. Again, going back to quality is more important than quantity. All right. So get strong, but never sacrifice quality of movement. Again, never sacrifice quality of movement. Don't make the mistake that I made early in my career, although that mistake has really evolved me to where I am today. It made me so self-aware of body positioning and the importance of avoiding injury and, and moving well, having mobility, being stable, and really being aware of your body. And then, of course, listening to your body. That's really the key thing 
there. Always listen to your body. And I'll just share one other last thing here about this is that I recently attended a workshop, an Olympic weightlifting workshop. And I had a situation where I had a minor twinge in my shoulder. Something was going on. I, I think I know why. It was basically the position I was holding the, uh, the barbell in the overhead catch position. And uh, aggravated my right shoulder a little bit. Now, my shoulders have been absolutely fine. But at that point, I decided I am not going to start pushing heavy weights here. I mean, I'm really going to dial in and, and listen and see how I feel and do what I can, but do not make things worse. And it really paid off. You know, I mean, I, I, you have to kind of let your ego go sometimes. And, uh, but if we want to train for long-term success, this is what we have to do. So again, I hope you learned a f- few things from this. Be in tune with your body, listen to your body, and don't ignore pain. Pain is a signal that something is going on. And uh, we have to think about training for the long term. And that's why injury prevention is such an important standard, an important key for the things that I talk about, the message that I talk about, the philosophy that I have on strength and performance training. So I think that's going to wrap up here because I could keep going on and on about this. But uh, I think you get the point. So next week and in the upcoming weeks, I've got some different topics and some unique guests coming for you on the show. We are going to dig more into some of these topics that I've talked about here today. So I hope you enjoyed the backstory. Uh, Again, a transformative event in my life and why I'm so adamant about safe training. So I appreciate you listening. Let me know if you have any questions about any of the things that uh, I shared with you here today. And uh, that does it. So thanks, and I'll see you next week on the Ardella Training Podcast. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Ardella Training Podcast. Go to ardellatraining.com right now to join Scott's tribe of passionate fitness enthusiasts. Get valuable updates and resources that will help you take it to the next level. Train strong. We'll catch you next time on the Ardella Training Podcast.